0: You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online and my name is Andrew Mackay smith The interview subject I've got coming up for you is from a band from Sweden called Hammerfall and it is the singer Joachim Cairns. The reason for the conversation is to promote the August 16, 2019 release by the band called Dominion. Let's have a listen to what Joachim has to say. Here we go. Uh, how are the phone is treating you? Are the Australian media contingent treating you well?
1: Yeah, I think so. They're all been very, very nice so far. So, uh, <laughs> well, still one left. <laughs> is
0: that it? So one after me, is that right?
1: No, actually, you are the left, the, the okay. last one. I only had four this morning and Oscar is doing the, uh, the rest.
0: Okay, fair enough, mate. Yeah. Have you, got, have you had a lot of feedback from us in Australia over the years? Because I know there are a lot of fans down here and I hope you know that, but have we been communicating with you over social media and the like?
1: Yeah, and it's almost almost the same question. Like, why don't you come and tour in Australia? And, and I mean, it's I, I know we 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 we've been there once only, and we did one show. And I think that we should really need to to consider going there and you know doing a proper tour because, as far as I know, you know there's a big market for you know melodic heavy metal in Australia. So uh, that that's kind of the the impression I get, anyways, from all the the feedback.
0: No, you're right. Actually, it's um, I, I guess. I've been listening to heavy metal for the better part of 30 years now. It's unbelievable to say that. Maybe 25 years solidly, but 30 years really overall. And I don't think I have uh, been around at a time where melodic metal has been more popular than it is right now. And that includes the 80s, unbelievably. But you guys, you guys are really riding the crest of that wave, if you like. Of course, there's Sabaton and there's a few other bands, but you're really the, the legacy band, the band that's been doing this for the longest. So dear. Can you put, apart from the fact that you're very, good, you're very good musicians, you write great songs, you've got a consistent body of work out there, you and Oscar have been in forces now for a very long time doing this, but what do you put the success and the popularity of you guys and indeed melodic heavy metal down to in 2019?
1: I think while well, if we're talking about Hammerfall, I think what really made us, you know, big was that no one really expected an album like Glory to the Brave to be released in 1997. I mean, that was a Agreed. period when mm. when melodic heavy metal music was, uh, you know, almost forgotten. It was a dirty was, word was, to
0: be honest, mate, wasn't it back then?
1: Yeah, it it was, it was, and uh, you know, throughout the 90s, I had to defend myself all the time yeah. because people said, "Why don't you play music people want to hear?" Well, my response was always because I play the music that I want to play. That is what heavy metal is all about. I mean, hmm. I'm you know, follow the beat of your own drum. That's that's the only thing I can hmm. say. And from from then on, it feels like that was the the, the second coming of uh, the heavy metal movement. We opened up a, a lot of doors back in the late '90s, and but all of a sudden, every label all over the world wanted to have you know their own fall. Hmm. So. The whole genre, the whole market got uh, kind of over flooded by, by bands. You know that wanted to sound like gamma ray and they sounded exactly like a yeah. bad version of it so It was <laughs> a lot of these copycats around that almost killed it. And I think people were so fed up with this So-called power metal wave that came yes. and I couldn't stand it either because I never saw Hammerfall as a power metal band I always saw us as a, a traditional heavy metal band yeah. and uh, But now we're 22 years later and we are still a band that people are, are listening to, a band that people can count on and a band that people really, you know, talk about. And like mm-hmm. 22 years, if you go back and look at the 80s, you know, the, the 80s was not even a decade. That was like, you know, six, maximum seven years. Mm-hmm. Then the, the whole genre kind of imploded, you know. N- Nirvana <laughs> so
0: and Pearl Jam came along, yeah.
1: Yeah, because all of a sudden, you know, people cared more about what they looked like instead of learning how to play an instrument, and then the grunge came and just took over. Mm. But I think yeah. metal in two thousand and nineteen is very healthy. I, I think did... now we're standing very, very solid, and you have bands that uh, will take over when the, the the dinosaurs will, you know, when they will <laughs> die out.
0: Well, you guys are—you have still got many years left in you, and I think that's a really accurate summary of the transition from the 80s into the 90s and then the resurgence. And I think you guys were really, man, it's really hard to come up with with a few bands um, without dismissing the efforts of others, but you guys are definitely there in terms of that resurgence in the late 90s. I, I remember I was in Los Angeles, of all places, and I bought Renegade. I think I might have been the day it came out or the day after it came out. I remember looking so forward to it being released. Um yeah. But I think even there, I had to buy it in the import section. You know, so even in the States, in Australia, was Australia and the States is virtually the same market as you know. And um, But I had to buy it in the import section, but at least it was there. You know, that at least it was in Sam Goodies, I think was the name of the record store in the States. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was in there and I remember buying it. And I just remember thinking, and I listened to that and also remember Judas Priest Jugulator. I remember getting Yeah, that's that same time,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: exactly. I remember listening to those two albums. I'm, my, whenever I think of uh, the late 90s in the States, I always think of Renegade and also Jugulated because I listened to those those albums back to front. And I found a lot to like about them both, you know, but you guys have just gone from strength to strength and now you're here with Dominion. And I mean, look, you, you hear this stuff, okay? And I've only had a couple of listens to it because, you know, I was only given the stream this morning, but... To my ears, I think it might be the finest Hammerfall album you guys have managed to conjure up yet. Do you agree with that?
1: Wow, I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, yes, I, I'm. I'm so damn proud of it. So it's really hard to to uh, just you know uh, say only a few words about it because mm. it means so much. I think that we're. It's kind of unbelievable that album number eleven is the one. Hopefully, well, I'm not sure what we're gonna say in ten years, but I think this album. Will be referred to as the uh, maybe the 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 a game changer for Hammerfall. Maybe this is the the second coming for Hammerfall, where we take the next important step. At least we're doing that already now in, in some some uh, European countries, where we uh, now are playing uh, uh, arenas instead of playing the big venues, which mm. is a very very positive positive thing for us. But going back to the album, I think this is a a very solid very vivid and, and energetic album and mm. it feels very young and re- refreshing and very alive for some weird reason because i mean we're hitting 50s now mm. and it doesn't feel like it's a, guy, a bunch of guys turning 50 years old playing on this album and that is a very good thing in my opinion <laughs> and uh
0: great yeah well i think the other thing too is it hints at the uh and i've already mentioned Oscar But you guys have been in forces now ever since the first album there in 1997, okay? And uh, Glory to the Brave, great album. What's kept you guys, you know, your spirits high and what's kept you guys in forces when you've had a few people come and go, not as many as a lot of other bands, but it must be said you guys are the the mainstays of the band. So how would you describe the relationship with Oscar?
1: If I... If we go back to 1996, the first time I, I met Oscar, I came to, they were re- rehearsing with Hammerful underneath like a church outside Gothenburg. And uh, I, I opened the door and I heard a, a, like a melody played on the guitar and I instantly recognized it. Like the second I heard it, like the, the interval, like, oh, I know what this is. And mm-hmm. I walked down and it was Oscar playing. And I looked at him and I said, Stormwitch, Dorian Gray. And he, joined, he dropped his jaw like, "What? Do you, you know, know Stormwitch? Yeah. yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite bands." I said, "Like, all the albums." I said, and I think we connected right there and then. Mm. At that point, Straight we realized away. that we had the same, yeah, that we had the same uh, influences. We had the same references when it came you know, came to heavy metal music, and mm. we had the same idea where we wanted to take uh like a, a metal band in in this case it, it you know it became hammerfall but we were mm. on the same exact you know level but also that means that you have two very strong uh wills yeah uh, sometimes yeah. pulling in different directions but we always go back to okay what is hammerfall all about well you know it's traditional heavy metal okay let's keep it that way uh yeah. we were let us we were you know straying away you say that straying away mm-hmm. a yep. little bit from yep. uh, uh, the path when the infected album came Okay. because we were i mean the album itself is is very uh, underrated i would say but i think we were trying to 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 find a quick cure to things that we couldn't cure you know instantly we we got a, a manager for the first time a manager who almost you know killed everything because oh, yeah. you know in, in regard to the band we got rid of him and we got another manager and then we just said guys if this is going to last another 10 years we need to take a break so i will pull the plug in 2012 mm-hmm. and said guys now we're going to take one year one year off mm-hmm. we don't even going to talk to each other we, we we just need to to like contemplate a little bit sit down and think about what we have achieved and we need to find the joy in playing together again. And that break changed everything. Because when we came back in 2014 with Revolution, the energy was back, and I think both me and Oscar realized that, you know what, this is our life, and this is what we do. Mm. And now, we just need to, to treat this with uh, as much as you know, respect as possible, and just go out there in the front line and fight for, for Hammerful and fight for, for heavy metal in general.
0: Mm.
1: And then, of course, Anders left the band, but me and Oscar were still yeah. standing strong, you know, because we, we, we felt that it doesn't matter if, if, you know, one person leaves and we need to replace them because we were so determined where we wanted to take Hammerfall.
0: Yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. And there was a moment in time, and I really appreciated that you guys did this, but Chuck Schuldiner doesn't pick bands on a whim. He really knew what he was doing, the great late. Chuck Schuldiner, and you guys had a, yeah. what I believe was a very successful tour across the States, no, about the same time I was there actually, but I, I didn't I didn't get to see any of the shows. But was that the moment that you realized in the States in particular, and, and maybe even by extension places like Australia and the UK, that things were going to work out for you guys? The fact that you could work with an icon of heavy metal like Chuck Schuldiner, who's in a completely different genre, if you like, but he always insisted that he just played heavy metal and always loved that about him, you know, that he could pick you guys to tour with and the shows, as I understand, were very well attended. You guys did very well. So is that how you saw things at the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a fantastic tour for us. That just happened right after the the second album came out and we were still learning how to, you know, get along in the business. We were rookies, mm. totally rookies and, and Chuck treated us so good. I mean, he never saw us as a support band because he said, no, 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 we're in this together. Mm. And we said, okay. I, can we play 40, 45 minutes? And he just looked at us. You can play as long as you like. You're like, no, 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 you're the headliner. Come on. He said, we're in this together. You know, he was such a fantastic person. I and mean, we became so close friends, just, you know, so sad that he, uh, he left yeah. us so early. man. You know? yeah. uh, so in the, I mean, it was, we had good days and bad days on that tour. I mean, in, in some territories we, we did really well, but then when he, you, you know, hit the the deep South or, I uh, in San Francisco. I remember a lot of people were like, "What the fuck is this?" They wanted to hear, you know, death uh-huh. metal. Oh no, this is too cheesy. This is heavy metal. Go away, you know. Mm, yes. But still, there are narrow-minded people all, all over the world. Uh, and when it came came to the US, then we came back four years later uh, on tour with Dio. But yeah. after that, we we I think we kind of mistreated the North American territory, unfortunately, and. Uh, we kind of gave up on it in 2011, uh, right before the uh, the Infected album came out. Mm. But we found people that truly believed in us and went back in 2017. And that is that was the game changer, I would say, that makes this album sound the way it does. Because we did a, a, a double headline tour with uh, a co-headline tour with uh, D-Lane. Mm-hmm. And this is by far one of the greatest tours I've ever been on because we had so much fun together within the band, both off stage and on stage. Mm-hmm. And since we also all of a sudden were starting to be creative on tour, something that never happened before, that we were writing songs actually in the tour bus. Wow. Uh, okay. yeah. we, we, we managed to get the momentum and the positive vibes and energy from stage into the songwriting process. I mean, Oscar ran off stage sometimes, just threw his guitar in the corner, grabbed a <laughs> beer and went back in the bus and started to riff around. And I was sitting in the front of the bus working on melodies and working on on, on lyrics. So, I mean, we, we were really, uh, you know, ex- uh, I, I mean, uh, the boundaries we were. Yeah, you're pushing the boundaries. Yeah, expanding yourselves. Yeah, we, yourselves, we were yeah. really pushing the boundaries and um Challenging challenging ourselves at this point, and I mean this tour was a game-changer Also that led up to the the fact that we did another tour a year later a headline tour That we also had to postpone went to push the release and the recordings of this album, but we can Continue be creative on tour and have a good time. Mm. And, I and mean, it, it all comes down to having fun If it's not fun, yeah. you should do something else now I think we all are at a, you know, on a personal, at a good place in life. And the band is also at a very good place right now. So I'm, I'm only positive for the future.
0: Good on you. I think you guys are experiencing something of a second coming. Would you, would you, Would you? is that a fair statement? Is that a fair assessment on things? I mean, you've got this, this cracking album that, I mean, I know in this day and age, it's hard to get physical sales, but it's a sort of album that I think will do well with metal fans who want physical copies. has a great artwork accompanying it, but, Do you think that, you know, when you talk about the future, the future does look really bright for you guys, but I think you're not going to run out of runway. I just think you'll run out of energy. So (laughs) does it feel feel like that for you guys?
1: Yeah. I'm actually referring to this album as the second coming of of Hammerfall. I think this is not the new beginning, but it's the second coming because we we never, you know, gave up or or quit. We've Mm. been around the whole time. But now it feels like we are ready to take on the next 10 years, and we are also ready in some territories to uh, to step up when the old dinosaurs are dead and gone. Well,
0: that'll be soon. That's a really, really good point you make there. And look, I've got my own views on what Judas Priest are doing these days. And even Iron Maiden, I'm really glad Slayer are calling it quits, to be honest with you. I'm a bit, I'm a bit different to the average metal fan And that once I've seen a band once or twice, I don't need to go and see them again. And I actually think a lot of bands almost take away from their legacy by going too long. And that is true for a lot of the bands that have been going since like even the late 70s, 80s. And I just don't think live, a lot of them are cutting it. Now we've got this, my own opinion here is this ridiculous situation. We've got bloody holograms touring with the Dio thing. And I know a lot of fans like that, but I just, yeah, it's, I don't know. To me, live needs to be, it's a visceral thing. You need to see people. If you're going to do the three dimensional thing, um, you can do that on the internet and use immersive technology like Google Glasses and that sort of thing at home to do that. and I, I don't. I don't hold it against the musicians, Craig Goldie, and all these wonderful guitarists and musicians. They've got to earn a quid, so I don't blame them for doing that at all. But um, yeah, I, I think at this part, this stage in time, mate, you're, you guys are headliners. When I say headliners, are you guys at the point now? where you could headline a Wacken or anything or any of those big festivals? Would Is that
1: the time now has arrived for that for you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we did headline last summer a couple of uh, bigger festivals in in, uh, in Germany. Mm. Uh, as for Wacken, now we're at a position right before Sabbath. I think it's Sabaton Air... No, it's Hammerfall, Sabaton and Airborne in okay. that order on the main stages. And uh, I, I mean, we are up there and we just need to not prove I don't think we have anything left to prove but if they give us you know the chance we will deliver then we will really come with a, a, a gigantic show i mean at the sweden rock festival we still played in in daylight but in, in sweden you know it's daylight 24/7 in the summer anyways <laughs> but yeah. i mean we pulled up off a really really energetic show uh, and we were not the headliner because i mean bands like ZZ top they put them as a headliner and yeah, i'm like what what, what the come hell come on yeah, I mean, they, they, they fill a purpose. I mean, the purpose is uh, all based on nostalgia. But don't let them play 90 minutes. It's too long. Let them play, you know, a, a maximum of, uh, yeah, maybe 45 plus yeah. uh, encore. You know, that would make sense. And I think also for, for them, that would be enough. Well, well, it's, no, it's I, think right.
0: I, I think you're right. I think
1: you're right. But this is my impression.
0: Yeah, no, you you spot yeah, well, on. We it,
1: absolutely it, ready to... Uh, yeah.
0: Well, it, your, your, your statements mirror what I'm thinking and feeling, because even though I've been into metal a long time, I I don't need to listen to Iron Maiden anymore, to be quite honest with you, because it's in my DNA. You understand what I mean? Like mm. when I was a teenager and, and in my early 20s, mate, one of the only bands that I listened to <laughs> through whole periods of it. But yeah, there's this right, thing right. where it's easy to top at Varken, I mean, what the hell? I mean, I assume that they do market research and they get feedback from fans via social media that that having them on the bill is appropriate but you know the way that i look at it they're taking the place of a metal band okay and that's a metal yeah, festival do. and that's that's yeah. how but i, look
1: I at do it. i do i do understand why they they want to have these bands because it looks damn good on the posters in the marketing
0: yeah. yeah maybe getting a few strays that might be interested in heavy metal along but there are other bands that you can do that with. thought I, I won't mention any now because i can't think of any but but there are other bands that you could do that with but yeah that was weird it's easy top i was I just hope that you don't start getting some pop artists on that stage there, and that that organisers overstretch their hand, because it's really yeah. the one or one or you know we don't we we only got one festival down here which is Download. I know you guys in mm-hmm. Europe have got a lot more than that, but still it's it's taking the place of another band. But I'll got to, I'll ask you this next question because I reckon I've spoken to more musicians from Sweden outside of the US and Australia than anywhere else. Now, for a country that has such a relatively small population compared to everywhere else in the world, you—I mean, per head per capita globally, I think there are more Swedish musicians. I lost in all, you there. Also oh, there. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me?
1: Oh, you know I hear you. I think you have to. Re- re- yep, yeah. you hear me. I'll
0: just. Yeah, I'll restate the point because. Uh, hey, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear you. No worries. Um, I was just saying that I think Sweden punches well above its weight in terms of its contribution to the music industry overall. I've spoken to musicians in orchestra pits that are from Sweden here in Australia. Um, but my my question for you is, what is it in the water in Sweden that produces
1: such wonderful musicians? It's uh, pure cocaine, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> These no, American then we rate. would be happy. It's probably something <laughs> depressing. I don't know. No, uh, I think we have two... Uh, go back to, I mean, in Sweden, if you're, if you're young and you, you wanna learn how to play an instrument, you can get like uh, like community uh, music schools are for everyone, it's open mm. and available for everyone. And you only pay a very, very small fee to be able to learn how to play whatever instrument you wanna play. And you get supported throughout you know, school and by the time you're, you're, you're ready to form a band, you actually get funds and sometimes you have rehearsal, you know, spaces uh, fully equipped that you can go in and try and play, you know, in a band. And as for Hammerfall, we got supported the first couple of years to have our own uh, rehearsal room. Well, wow, okay. and we actually got money from the government to have that. At some point, I said, you know what? No, we don't want your money. We can make a living out of this now. Give the money to someone else. Yeah. Okay. Because they they also know that they they know that if. If, because music is probably the, the second biggest export that we have in Sweden. They know the revenue. They will get a lot of money back in taxes, you know.
0: Mm, they figured that part of it out, yeah. I thought it might have been like, um, you know, the, the Swedish government globally in terms of the West is famously socialist compared to a lot of other countries. And socialists in, in a lot of good ways, but I think there are some ways where, believe believe I've spoken to heaps of Swedish musicians who have said, don't don't record this. I'll tell you exactly what it's like in Stockholm now or what have you with some of the issues that are happening over there. But one of the things that I think that I've heard consistently is what you're mentioning, which is that musicians and artists are supported. And what, what's interesting that you've added, though, is that there's some consensus within the community is not to take too much beyond what you actually need. And I like that right. because a lot right. of people sort of go beyond that and just keep on taking and taking because it's norm. it's normal. But I guess that goes some way to explaining why... In Australia here, a lot of people sort of leave school with a head full of steam about starting a band, but two years later, they're working a shit job in a supermarket. or You know what I'm saying? They're not pursuing their dreams yeah. anymore. But in Sweden, it's no. a little bit different.
1: Yeah, at least for when it comes to you know, how to, to learn how to play an instrument and keep your dream alive, but they will, will not you know, give you money just for being a slacker. I mean, you still mm. have to work. But at least the, 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 the biggest problem I see all over the world is you know, finding a, a rehearsal space.
0: Yeah, it's a nightmare that one. Yeah, I mean, there's you yeah. know, there's all those things now where you can hook up and you can listen to everybody playing, um, you know, in your headphones. There's even Bluetooth technology where you can do that, where you can rehearse at home. But man, there's nothing like it's being not in a, the same. Not the it's same. Not the same. Yeah. No. I'm a musician too, and we've tried it many times, and it's shit. It doesn't work, and it feels really artificial. You need to be in a rehearsal room listening to acoustic drums.
1: Yeah, you need. Yeah, exactly. You need the drums. Yeah. You need the drums and the ambience, but apart from that, you can still do the guitars through a Kemper, and you you know the vocals only in the in the in ear. That's fine, but the, mm-hmm. the 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 drums you need the horrible crash cymbal in there somewhere.
0: Indeed, yeah. All right, mate, I'll let you go. But my final question is: I uh, I write for Metal Obsession, but I also host a podcast series. So if you're cool, I'd like to release what we've spoken about on my podcast series.
1: Yeah, sure. As long as I it's, it makes sense, what I just you know. That oh, it makes complete sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's it's good. cool.
0: It's it's really good feedback. It's been a pl- I've been looking forward. It's been many years that I've been looking forward to having a chat to a member of Hammerfall, and then I can chat to you, mate. It's a wonderful thing. So, thanks for creating mu- the music you've created. You've been a soundtrack to my life over the many years.
1: Oh, fantastic! Thank you very much for
0: talking to me, and uh, hope to see you in Australia. Fingers crossed. <laughs> awesome. See you, see you <laughs> soon. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Okay. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the singer from Hammerfall, Joachim Cairns. Thanks so much for listening.